0: I say Aaron Rodriguez in this episode and it's Aaron Hernandez and I knew that. That's why I thought it didn't sound right. So, correction. January 2022. English retired rugby player living in the USA, Bryn Hargreaves, goes missing from his apartment. He leaves the shower running and all his possessions behind. Bryn had experienced a lot of emotional upheaval in the recent months and years... And local police put his disappearance down to ending his own life but is there more to Bryn's disappearance at the time of his disappearance Bryn Hargreaves was 36 6 foot 2 and weighed 220 pounds he is Caucasian speaks with a Manchester accent and has brown hair and blue eyes if you have any information on the disappearance of Bryn Hargreaves from Cheat Lake West Virginia please contact the local county sheriff's office on 304 291 7260. Primary sources for this episode include findbrinjack.com, the BBC, The Mirror, Lancashire Live, Lancashire Telegraph, the Manchester Evening News. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 141 of Unknown Passage, a podcast that tells the stories of those who have gone missing or have been murdered abroad. Hope you're well, as you may be able to hear. I've had bronchitis this week and it's affecting my voice. (laughs) Um, So I've been feeling pretty crummy in general, so bear with me, but this needs to be done. So as much as I was putting off recording it and trying to get better, um, the show must go on. So yeah, I'd like to welcome first off new patrons Kim and Jennifer since the last episode. Welcome on board. Now, um, before I get into this week's episode, I have one community feedback thing on Spotify about a really old case uh, to... To kind of read you, and it was a comment that someone left on the Arnie Ashikian case. Arnie Ashikian was a young woman who went missing, uh, quite a long time ago, about I think that in two thousand and nine, from memory, in Hong Kong. She was Canadian. It's one of my, the cases that really I go back to and regularly look into, and it fascinates me. Uh, and someone wrote uh, with the. Username Dreameries quote: We worked together. She was my favorite coworker to speak to. She was a paralegal, and I worked part time in a restaurant. I think she started a new life or was trafficked. Uh, so I found that really interesting because to hear from someone who knew. Um, Arnie and, you know, I regularly, I went back and listened to that recently and I, I regularly kind of look up Arnie and see if there's any movement um, and what people's ideas are and things because that whole case just kind of spins me out. I'm sure you're already loving how much I'm struggling with my voice, but I will go on. My voice will warm up, I'm sure. This week, our family dog um, passed away two days ago, Sally. She was almost 16 and she's pretty much my mum had her from the time she was a pup, um, since I was pretty much living at home still. And she had puppies, uh, when she was about three and, um, one of them, Jack, we still have and he's 13. And I've just been feeling a bit sad, um, for Jack cause it's his first time without his mama, even though he's old, you know, um, and thinking about him a lot and felt quite like emotional and stuff, but he'll be getting lots of extra love and things like that. But, you know, animals have feelings and you know, they're really important. And dogs kind of came up for me again and again as I researched this for some reason, just kind of thinking of them. uh, But also, you know, their importance in people's life and mental health. And um, might bring that up a little bit. Speaking of animals, uh, my Yoko is being particularly demonic this morning. Uh, She's pretty happy in the mornings after she's had a feed. So if you can hear her, she's talking to the birds outside or... (laughs) She's just running around backflipping, really. She loves life. We should all live like Yoko. <laughs> now, this is patron Rachel's patron location request or case request. Rachel is from West Virginia, which is where we're going today. She's a big time animal lover, animal owner, loves her dogs and her cats. Um, and she's a lovely woman. And she requested specifically the case of Bryn Hargreaves as it's a local case to her in West Virginia and she requested it ages ago but the problem was at the time she requested it, the case had was relatively new. Bryn hadn't been missing all that long and there wasn't a lot of media out there about it. So I left it for a while for initial investigations to take place but now media has trailed off. The cops have pretty much come up against a dead end It's been turned over to a private investigator by the family, and there's still no sign of Bryn from the moment that he was last seen at his home in West Virginia at the start of January this year. So we're in the eighth month mark. So let's try to get some awareness out there about Bryn, because as we all know, men, when they go missing, particularly men who aren't, you know, children, they're not boys, There's not a lot of awareness because people seem to think they can look after themselves, you know, they're not as vulnerable as women. Um, But, you know, in this episode and putting it together for a while, it's really painted a portrait of how men can be just as vulnerable, not just physically but emotionally and mentally and um, there's nothing that women suffer from um, personality-wise or... Or uh, emotional that men don't suffer from, but a lot of the time men suffer in silence, and that's why we have this kind of epidemic of male suicide uh, that doesn't get a whole lot of attention out there because men generally don't tell people how they're feeling, um, because it's not a sign of mas- you know masculinity to show that uh, traditionally. So Bryn was an English professional rugby player who was retired from the sport. And he was living in West Virginia in the USA for about a decade at the time that he went missing at the age of 36 in January of this year. He was living in quite an isolated area of West Virginia, beautiful but isolated. And there's been no sign of him since. His family have a really good website set up, albeit they haven't updated it in recent months, but it has a place to send tips to if you don't feel comfortable contacting uh, the police or the county sheriff's department. The website is uh, findbrinjack.com and it's got quite a lot of media and press that they've got and things listed on it. So that's really good as well as Bryn having a nameless profile, which is also a really good thing. So as we always do, I want to start by talking about Bryn and I never thought I'd thank the Mirror, which is a bit of a trash rag, but the Mirror has done some really good coverage as well as local newspapers uh, from where Bryn originally comes from up in the Manchester, Lancashire area. Um, and so I'd like to give a shout out to them as well. Jack Hargreaves was born on November 14th, 1985 in Wigan, which is a city, it forms part of Greater Manchester, England. Now, Manchester is in the County of Lancashire. I've been lucky enough to go to Manchester um, and they're some of my favourite people in the world from up there, up north in the UK. They're really kind of salt of the earth, down to earth. And I really drew a parallel between where Bryn came from in England and where he moved to in the US and kind of probably what he valued as a result of that. Um, they speak with quite a broad Manchester accent, which I just can't replicate uh, although I did used to work with a Manchester girl in the UK and she used to say to me, hello, Felicita, and that's all I can say. The name Bryn is Welsh. It actually means hill, which I already knew. And I kind of made the comparison because, because in Scotland they call a hill a Bray. So I kind of made that connection that Bryn and Bray are the Welsh and Scottish counterparts of each other. One article uh refers to Bryn's grandfather being Welsh, so I'm guessing that he was probably named after his grandfather. Now Bryn is six foot two, he weighs around two hundred and twenty pounds, which in kilos is hundred to hundred and five kilos. He's a big guy. Um, Bryn had brown hair, kind of bluey green eyes, uh, and a relatively kind of short cropped beard from recent photos of him. According to a local news station who had some coverage of it, WBOY 12 News, Bryn was raised by his mum and his grandma. His dad doesn't play into this story at all. He's not mentioned. And any family coverage that has come from this has purely been his mum and his brothers. Um, So also in this news piece, which no other one reports, uh, which I think is important to the story, is that Bryn like supposedly according to his mum and family, suffers from CTE. Now we'll talk a little bit about that in a bit, but this is a chronic brain disease that's degenerative and it's generally seen in people who play contact sports. You know, you see it a lot in American football as rugby is a contact sport, which Bryn played for a long time. Repeated knocks to the head, you know, aren't good over time. Bryn has a large tattoo on his arm of the family crest with some kind of, um, I think it's Latin, but it would more likely be Gaelic or something like that written on it, which I can't make out and nowhere says what it is. Unfortunately, most coverage of this case has the image reversed so that it's back to front, but it's on the finebrinjack.com family website that actually have it properly in the right manner flipped so that you can actually see it and read it. Bryn is listed on Namus since shortly after his disappearance, which is the National Missing Persons Register. His Namus case number is MP88591. Bryn has a brother, David, and a brother Gareth, both who have either gone to the States looking for him since January or been very vocal about looking for him, and his mum is Maria. His dad is not referenced, as I said, clearly he was not around and he was raised by his mum and his grandma and according to his mum, as a result, Bryn had a real respect of women from being raised by them and would be the first one into bat for a female friend who was being messed around or threatened or anything like that. I don't know a whole lot about Bryn's upbringing. It really hasn't been talked about that much growing up in Wigan. Um, but I know from a young age he developed an aptitude for rugby, which is played pretty extensively up there along with soccer or football as they call it or fitpa, as they call it in Scotland. And um, he loved rugby. Now, I will say just straight up, I do not live in a state in Australia that rugby is the official sport. The one above me and the one above that, They play it and they all follow it and stuff. Um, I live in a state that is Australian rules or AFL. So my knowledge of rugby is very limited beyond cauliflower ears, um, which I can generally identify, which a lot of rugby players suffer from, which is like the calcified ear thing where your ear can literally just snap off um, from repeated hits to the ears and things like that. I don't know the rules. I don't follow it. I've actually never seen a match, although they do have rugby teams in my state. So from a young age, from pretty much the age of 17, um, Bryn started out by playing for Salford, which is a local team up in the north of England. And then he was ultimately given a two-year contract at the age of just 18 with the Wigan Warriors in 2004. And he from this point on, he was well on his way to his career taking off. And there's a lot of quotes from coaches and things saying how young he is, but how good he is. He toured Australia as part of his rugby uh, career and then eventually he was loaned to the Lee Centurions for a time. In 2006, Broon was signed to a two-year deal to the Super League team of rugby, which is quite high up in the UK, St Helens, and they're based in Merseyside, which is up kind of where Patron Jay is from, up Liverpool way, maybe, yes. And he was in the team that won the 2008 Challenge Cup at Wembley, which is the major arena in London. Um, now, in 2010, he signed with the Bradford Bulls. Uh, and Bradford is near Leeds. It's um, kind of where Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, kind of got around a fair bit, Leeds, Bradford. Um, and this was kind of the beginning of the end, unfortunately, for Bryn's career, not because of injury, really, from what I can tell from personal differences with the club and the way that the club was handling things. Um, And there's quite a lot kind of in that and why he left. But first off, um, on the Find Bryn Jack website, I was really pleased to see that they had a clip of Bryn being interviewed after a game in 2011 with the Bradford Bulls. And I just wanted to play you a bit because it shows kind of Bryn's accent and how he talks and things like that. And um, yeah, just reminded me a a lot of Brits that I know and a really good friend of mine who has the exact same accent. We do play well in the wet, we have done, with beat Leeds um, I think it's just sticking to a structure and not getting carried away, uh, we've done that a bit this year, we, t- to be honest we really needed that you know, that performance more than anything. it's not just a win, it's a performance because we've been there a lot of times at half time this year where we've looked dominant and we just need to kick on, we've not done it better late than nether, but uh, it's disappointing we've not done it earlier in the year, but we can take take that and move it, on, move it on to the next few games and hopefully next year because, you know, we really put the, the strangle on them later on, you know, put the knife in and, and that's what we've been lacking this year, a bit of ruthless and uh, Our defence was amazing. To nil, uh, is it, Especially with Danny Brook back, you know, the kicking game they've got—it just, uh, you know, it speaks volumes. And uh, I really took me after to the lads. This shows a lot of guts and determination today. Been- I just realised I'm wheezing more on this episode than Bryn was in that interview, and he just ran off a rugby rugby field. So, according to his LinkedIn which is still live. Uh, Bryn had a number of diplomas that he achieved in personal training from 2008 to 2012. He really took an interest in sports science and he did his A-levels at school in this area. Bryn described himself as such on his LinkedIn, quote, a highly motivated, enthusiastic professional who can be relied upon to work as an individual or as part of a team. Experienced with a proven track record of achieving targets and setting the highest standards. An outstanding level of self-discipline and adaptability under high pressure, unquote. But his interview, um, his <laughs> Instagram is set to private, unfortunately. Uh, but it reads the following very succinctly in his bio. Just because I rock doesn't mean I'm made of stone, Bryn retired early in 2012, in September of 2012. This was considered early retirement. Um, Bear in mind at this stage, you know, he's only very young and he probably had a number of years left, although rugby and sports like this do take their toll. He he spoke to The Telegraph and Argus newspaper at the time, and they described him as, quote, bitterly disappointed, angry, and above all, disillusioned by events off the field, unquote. So basically, the Bulls team that he was playing for at the time had basically gone financially bust. They were really screwing people over. And he realised that rugby or sport was not the place to set himself up financially for his future he wanted to actually ply a trade that would actually set him up he said quote being a rugby player is not a very sustainable and secure future as it is but then you see what happened at Bradford and you think wow the carpet really can be pulled out from underneath me here we're pieces of meat at the end of the day and we're not treated with much respect in rugby league as it is There was a meeting scheduled with the administrator and they didn't even bother to turn up or tell us what was happening. I wouldn't wish that level of disrespect on my worst enemy, unquote. Also, if you're not familiar, like British rugby does not pay the David Beckham levels that playing soccer for Manchester United does um, or Wayne Rooney or, you know, Ronaldo. It doesn't play what, you know, Tom Brady gets in the NFL. Even at premiership level, there is a salary cap in rugby in the UK, which means that even at your peak, you're still only kind of entitled to short of £200,000 a year, which is probably around like three three $300,000 or $350,000. It's not a whole lot. And when you consider like that, according to uh, WBOY News 12, Bryn suffers from CTE as a result, and had seizures as a result of the CTE. It's really, you can't put a price on your health and um, your brain health. So if you're wondering what CTE is, there's been a lot written about it in recent years, particularly with the um, Aaron Rodriguez case, uh, the NFL footballer who killed a bunch of people and then killed himself. Now, I think he's like a shitty person anyway and I think he was a crappy person and I have so many thoughts about him and I've watched a lot about him. I just think he thought he was the best and that's that was well before CTE. But a lot of people suffer from CTE and don't know it until they start to develop obvious symptoms like that replicate Parkinson's or dementia symptoms or start having seizures like Brin. Um According to the NHS, CTE, quote, Chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE is a progressive brain condition that's thought to be caused by repeated blows to the head and repeated episodes of concussion. It's particularly associated with contact sports such as boxing or American football. Most of the available studies are based on ex-athletes. Now, Aaron Rodriguez, is that his name, Aaron Rodriguez? Um, they looked at his brain after he killed himself when he went to jail for killing a bunch of people. And his brain was like the equivalent of like an 80-year-old with dementia uh, as a result of CTE, still not an excuse as far as I'm concerned for his behaviour um, or his personality in general, but it does point to why he had, he flipped out a lot and it kept kind of getting worse and worse and worse. He was like replicating symptoms of what a lot of dementia patients do. Um now, because the studies are limited, they don't know. I mean, I think OJ should give his brain, but I doubt he will, um, when he dies. Uh, and w- there's very limited um, studies in Australia and Australian football. But actually, uh, we had an Australian footballer here, Danny Frawley, who played for the uh, my local team, St Kilda, which is my team, played um, AFL for a long time, and he killed himself in uh, In 2019, I believe it was, Um, and he uh, was showing symptoms of CTE for a long time, according to his family. So anything that kind of involves repeated blows to the head, which I mean, can't be good. In 2013, at the age. um, sorry, in 2013, Bryn decided he was done with rugby. Uh, Rugby is also tough on your body, not just your brain uh, and your mentality. And Bryn was starting to feel the effects of that on his body on top of having these seizures, which were starting to happen. And obviously it's really hard on your joints and things like that. Now, He went on holidays to Mexico for a bit of a getaway and it was there that Bryn met a woman called Amy. She was an American from Florida and they would fall in love down in Mexico. Bryn would ultimately, within a few months, decide to move to the US to be with Amy and they got married within a few months. He ended up working for Amy's family business in Pennsylvania, according to the Manchester Evening News. Here, Bryn earned around four hundred and twenty-two pounds a day, which is around five hundred and fifty American dollars a day, which is really good. Um, sometimes working seven days a week, and he was basically an inspector signing off on, uh, oil and pipe installations, which, which was something that he would, you know, um, build his. He would grow, go up the career chain and become like an inspector in these areas. Now later on, a lot of people would point to some of the dodgy dealings that can happen in this industry, some of the dodgy players that can come into this industry. Um, and I guess it's up to you what you think happened. Amy and Bryd, Bryn wed in Pittsburgh, uh, which is where she was located at the time. And his own family came over for the wedding. And things seemed perfect for Bryn. His rugby career may have been over, but he'd met the love of his life. He absolutely adored Amy. Um, he's a really good-looking guy. Amy's gorgeous, uh, and they just had the world at their feet and their futures ahead of them, and they weren't hurting for money, you know, like a lot of people were, and that's often considered, you know, the number one stress for people. So life, by all intents and purposes, was good, and Bryn was really happy. But after a few years of marriage, the two started to drift apart. Court documents were obtained by the Mirror newspaper after Bryn's disappearance that showed that it seemed that Bryn wanted to undertake marriage counselling but Amy did not. She cited on the court documents when she filed for divorce that the union was irretrievably broken, unquote. Now, we don't have reasons for that. People do kind of come apart. It doesn't seem like it was any fault of either person's. Um, We don't know. Bryn, according to the mirror, represented himself in the divorce proceedings. He didn't oppose Amy's filing for the divorce. He didn't make things difficult for her. And he didn't ask for any quote unquote economic relief as a result of it. So it seems that they just kind of went their separate ways and they didn't have any children or anything like that. They only had a dog that ultimately went to Amy um, so that it could be like a clean break. And Bryn was Free to do what he wanted to do and move where he wanted to move to. A friend of the former rugby star spoke to the Mirror. Although a lot of friends did not cite their names in these interviews, all the names were withheld because they were concerned about retribution if something bad happened to Bryn at the hands of someone else. And this person said, "Quote: When Bryn and Amy were married, he was so happy you couldn't wipe the smile off his face. Everyone thought they had the most beautiful marriage." So it was a huge shock to learn they divorced, unquote. Now after they split in 2019, Bryn moved 40 miles away from where they lived basically in um Pennsylvania across to West Virginia. Uh he moved to a small area just outside of the university city of Morgantown. He moved into a three-bedroom, really nice apartment in a complex called Whisper Creek Luxury Apartments, which is located in um, just outside of Morgantown. Uh, And he drove this kind of dark green or forest, I would say it's an army green Jeep. It's a really nice car. Remember Bryn, where he was at in his career, he wasn't really hurting for money. So we kind of know that whatever was going on probably wasn't financially motivated, which a lot of Stresses are. Um, now, West Virginia, where patron Rachel who requested this case and wanted more awareness for Bryn out there, West Virginia is an eastern US state. It's known for its amazing outdoor lifestyle, the Appalachian Mountains and John Denver, Take Me Home Country Road, West Virginia. So it sits below Pennsylvania and Ohio, uh, northwest of the state of Virginia, east of Kentucky and Tennessee, and west of Maryland. And people here, as I talked about where Bryn comes from, in Wigan, um, the you know, Lancashire, Northern England area, people here, that's where I made the connection, you know. They're all together friendly, sort of the earth people who really like, you know, the simple things in life and appreciate the great outdoors and it's not fast paced. And it's why so many people are making the change to more uh, remote or rural or regional areas in the world, especially after the last two and a half years, they've kind of realised where they want to be and what's important. But his family do say that once he moved here, um, Bryn started to kind of, he wasn't settling very well. You've got to think about it like he thought his life was together and he was married to the love of his life and that was going to be forever forever. He had this really good job and suddenly he's out of that job but he's been offered another one uh, down in West Virginia near Morgantown. He's um, single again, which is hard when you're in your mid-30s and especially for men, you know, they find, they say that men struggle to be single after not being for a while, uh, which is something that his friends back up. New job, new life. He also had a dog uh, called Zula with Amy. And he loved this dog. And after the split, the dog ultimately went between them for a while, but then it ended up with Amy because Bryn's work schedule and the fact that he was relocating. So he also didn't have the dog's company. And God, I I wish that Bryn had got himself a dog during all of this. But I'll talk more about my thoughts on that in a little bit. So... Bryn moved into this place called the Whisper Creek Luxury Apartments, which is a gated community of really nice apartments. And according to most sources, he moved into a three bedroom apartment for. Some people will think that's weird for one person. It's totally not when I see how much he earned versus how cheap it is to live in this area. I'm, I'm going to move there myself, I'm pretty sure. Um, and they're, they're beautiful apartments. They're relatively new. Uh, the setting is absolutely perfect. Um, they're luxury apartments located in Cheat Lake, Morgantown, West Virginia. <sighs> that's Yoko. Cheat Lake forms part of Morgantown... Uh, area in West Virginia. Just under 10,000 people live in Cheat Lake uh, and this is a real outdoor lover's locale. If you love the great outdoors, I immediately knew looking at pictures of Cheat Lake while someone would move there. Swimming, this a massive lake, hiking trails, beaches, uh, fishing, water skiing, boating, tubing really beautiful homes, a safe community, uh, friendly locals. The man-made reservoir at the centre of it that Cheat Lake gets his name from uh, spans about 1,730 acres and it's around 13 miles long. So keep that in mind when we talk later about the search for for Bryn. There's several hotels in town. As a lot of people come here during the summer months in particular. There's a number of restaurants and amenities But actually, if you really want kind of to stock up on things or to get away from this isolated area for a little bit, the city of Morgantown is around a 25-minute drive away. So it's easy to pop into town for supplies or just to kind of live in the, you know, spend a bit of time in the city and not get uh, lake fever. Is that a word? Lake version of cabin fever. So I looked up these Whisper Creek luxury apartments where Bryn was, uh, Clearly, renting it seems to be that they're all leased, uh, and they're just five minutes' drive from Cheat Lake, but that's actually about a three mile drive. It's just, just come out of his street, which is on a little enclave, it's perfect, little picture perfect enclave, uh, hit the main drag and then all the way up to the lake. Uh, it's a cozy, little picture perfect, woodsy enclave right by the lake. According to the official website, quote, Whisper Creek luxury apartments and townhomes are the perfect blend of country and city, serene and busy, luxury and leisure, and accessibility and privacy. Just outside the Morgantown city limits, Whisper Creek is conveniently located within a few minutes of Cheat Lake and just 10 minutes to downtown Morgantown and West Virginia's university campus, unquote. Now, I don't know who's telling the truth because uh, Google directions tells me it's 25 minutes from Cheat Lake to Morgantown. That's a bit different from 10 minutes. The benefits of these setups are pretty vast in terms of moving into one of these. I believe you can get a couple of them if you need furnished. Uh, but that's kind of more of something I've seen in America and the UK. F- furnished setups or fully furnished homes that you can rent. But basically it's 24-hour maintenance available Your landlords aren't slumlords that will just leave things unfixed like where I live for years at a time. The gated complex also has a pool, a basketball court, a massive clubhouse that has a gym, a kitchen, a bar, a theatre, a pool table, you know, tons to do. There's 68 accommodations in the gated community and they're split up between townhomes which are like townhouses and apartments. They range from one to three bedrooms and from what I could find Bryn was in a three-bedroom apartment. Now Based on their website, these are about 1,500 square feet, the three-bedroom apartments. Um, they've got their own outdoor area and balcony um, because you're generally uh, it's second level from what I can find with the floor plan. Now, you can get these from $1,500 US a month. Now, I understand that the currency is different and you guys get paid way less than us, but I was like, what the hell? That's, like, almost what I pay for my shit box. And you get, like, three bedrooms Like, I know in London, my friend lives in, like, a one-bedroom flat on the outskirts of London. It's, like, the equivalent of $3,000 a month. So you can see why people move out to these parts. And they have, like, one that you can rent with a washer and dryer if you want to and one that doesn't have a washer and dryer if you're bringing your own. Uh, They're also pet-friendly and have, like, a non-refundable fee to have your pet living there. But rates don't include utilities at this apartment complex. You can also get one with a garage or not. Now, pictures I've seen of Bryn's car, I don't know if he had a garage. The thing is, his car pictures of his car are taken outside, so I don't know if they just parked it outside in order to take a good photo of it, or whether or not he had a garage. It just doesn't say. But from basically a balcony, you get really woodsy views with Cheat Lake in the distance. Now. As I said, the lake is a few miles away, but you can drive it in five minutes. But as you'll find soon, Bryn ended up not being able to drive. So everything I've just talked about about how close Morgantown is, how you can pop in there, how you can pop down to the lake, everything's a couple of minutes away. Suddenly, is taken away from Bryn because he has a car accident and he can't drive, which I'll talk about. There's also a few shops in the vicinity. I looked at it on maps. There's a Wendy's, an Outback Steakhouse, a few minutes you know, walk from Bryn's, a Taco Bell, a couple of gyms. And the online reviews are awesome for this luxury apartments. You get what you pay for, really. And they generally say that people are on top of things really quickly in terms of maintenance and things like that. Now, Bryn had taken a job down in Morgantown working for an oil and gas, working as an oil and gas safety inspector as I said, Bryn's LinkedIn is still live and at one point he really was really good on LinkedIn. He updated all his... um. Experience and each new job he had. But I noticed by the time he'd moved to West Virginia, he'd stopped with the online activity. And this was a sign for me, based on looking at the rest of his LinkedIn, that things had started to go a bit downhill for him at this point uh, because he just doesn't have the interest in even updating that for better opportunities or to progress his career. That's just one thing that stood out to me. His LinkedIn still has him listed in Pennsylvania at the last job he had before he moved to West Virginia. So going through his research, I saw that he worked as a project manager at Premier Oil Field Services for two years. Then he worked his way up to a utility inspector at Polycore Enterprises for almost three years. Then he worked at another short-term role in the same field in Pittsburgh. And then he was at Rice Energy in Pittsburgh for five years. So he's a pretty good worker As he never updated beyond that, it still says he's working at Rice Energy in Pittsburgh, which it wasn't. That was the job that he had before. He moved down to Morgantown area in 2019 and then things seemed to have hit the skids at that point. Now, according to his best friend, Matt, who did quite a kind of touching interview talking about Bryn, and I'll come back to that quite a lot during this, um, Bryn dated casually since he split with Amy but it was nothing serious there was a woman in Florida that he met that he went down there a couple of times to see her and and that was really it and when you look at kind of the population of um cheat like I don't know about kind of meeting single women I looked at the demographics and uh around 25% of people who live there are considered like solo owners but then you got to consider like half of them are probably way older or you know whatever. Most people who live in Cheat Lake I saw are either in couples or families. So I guess he'd be traveling into Morgantown or further afield. So then COVID happened and lockdowns happened and Bryn, who was already kind of on the precipice of all this change and he's dealing with a lot of staff, like for many of us, everything changed for Bryn. He suddenly couldn't travel. The option to go back and visit his family in the UK wasn't, you know, on the books. Uh, And according to the governor's office website, I went through their timeline, which is about 600 pages long, and I got quite over it, but they pretty much list all the movements from Governor Jim Justice, who's the governor of West Virginia, from the moment the outbreak happened. It lists pretty much everything the state did from March through to present day. And I was really just looking at the time from when it started to when Breen went missing to see what the lockdowns and were like in West Virginia, uh, whether it was Melbourne level two-year <clears throat> kilometre radius curfew situation, or whether it was more like some of the southern states that um, were pretty chill about the whole thing. And I saw that around March of 2020, basically Jim Justice shut um, down sports, restaurants and bars progressively in installments then gyms recreation hairdressers schools schools were one of the first things to shut down West Virginians were given stay-at-home orders around the April um, and by the end of kind of around April time he closed state park campgrounds so people couldn't come to West Virginia and visit one as an out-of-towner uh And then eventually it changed to West Virginians as well. Um, So then in April, uh, there was an update that said by April, so the 7th of April, so about a month in, West Virginia, the Workforce West Virginia website had had 28,000 claims for unemployment uh, from people. And by the end of April, that had gone up to 150,000 claims. Uh, The cost of living these days... Uh, A lot of people I've noticed, you know, over 50 don't understand uh, that you can't live off one person's salary anymore like you could in 1970 or 1980. Um, I wish that they kind of understood that a little bit more. The job markets are way more precarious. You can't be in a job for 50 years generally anymore. Uh, Things cost a lot more. It's not because people our age are having avocado toast. Uh, $12 isn't going to break the bank when you're trying to put away a deposit for a house, in Australia the average person has to save, the average couple at the moment to buy in my city of Melbourne has to save for eight years for a couple, 16 years for a single to put a deposit on a house. Uh, So keep that in mind. So people aren't, you know, sitting on millions that are stuffed into their mattress and um, I think people should be more wary of that. So things started kind of reopening a bit according to this website's timeline around May or June and when the warm weather came. And around the time that Bryn, you know, vanished, uh, which was like 2022, things were pretty much back to normal. Um schools did not reopen until the start of 2021, from what I could find. Uh, but basically this really kind of knocked Bryn around a lot, like with a lot of people. And I from what I can find it wasn't the financial aspect um, because I don't actually know if this if lockdowns affected Bryn earning at all. Um, I couldn't find on Jim Justice's website whether or not it was just limited to essential workers closing down, because Bryn would be con- non-essential workers, sorry, because Bryn would be considered, I hate the terminology essential worker, because earning money is essential. Um, I just want to say that, but I'm using it in this terminology. Bryn would be an essential worker because of the importance of the oil and pipe inspected job that he did. So I don't think he would be missing work particularly, but whether or not they were shut down for a little while, I just can't find the timeline of this. But you can't exactly say that by the time Bryn went missing at the start of this year, things were back to normal, another terminology I hate. A lot of things around the world, you know, were not. Uh, so it's important to kind of keep that in mind. And also Bryn's disappearance, I noticed, coincided <clears throat> with the vaccine rollout, which w- made me think that, he may have still been limited in his ability to go back to the UK if he wanted to, um, and I just didn't look into that But because just things are changing constantly. Um, but just because it's August 2022 now doesn't mean that people aren't still dealing with the ramifications or run-on effects emotionally, financially, personally, physically, um, in every possible way from the last two and a half years. I've also noticed a lot of people just think people pull money from their asshole, or, you know, just bounce back immediately. And that also doesn't happen. And when we're dealing with uh, a mental crisis, which I believe this is, um, there's no magic wand that's going to help that, especially when things are not back to quote unquote normal. So, Basically, in December 2021, flash forward, Bryn had been working in this inspector role and according to his mum on WBOY News 12 when she's interviewed, she was talking about how Bryn had Met some not nice guys who work in that industry in that area. Now we're talking about quite an isolated area, and you can kind of deal. You can imagine some of the personalities that you'd come across, but you get that in most trades that involve groups of men together. They generally just, um, just the way they talk and things like that. Now this is secondhand information, so I don't know exactly what was re- relayed to her, and this is all based on things that they've uncovered since Bryn's disappearance, um, and. While I do believe that the family probably does have information on maybe some not nice guys in this industry in general where people kind of walk over each other or maybe there's money being passed under the table and things like that, I can't speak to that because they haven't been making it public. But they have turned to a private investigator for help because from what the cops have dug up, there's been nothing. But in December 2021, Bruno had an accident in his really nice Jeep that he had. Now, according to the aforementioned news station, they said that he had a seizure at the wheel and that's what caused the car accident. And as a result of that, he was unable to drive and he also hurt his back really bad. So I think it was a combination of not just the car being wrecked, but his back being really bad on top of these seizures, not really great when probably shouldn't be driving if you're suffering from them. And as a result of that, he had to use Uber to get around. So suddenly, not only have lockdowns limited Bryn's life and minimised his circle even more, but then the freedom of having the car, that's been taken away. And the way I see it, everything was closing in and in and in and in on Bryn. Um, If you understand kind of what I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have been through this. If one bad thing happens, it feels like a million bad things happen at the same time. If you lose a job, you're suddenly evicted or you have a car accident. Um, it seems to be that when it rains, it pours. Uh, and I think that was happening for Bryn. On top of that, by this point, the cold is starting to set in for the winter of 2021, 2022. And I'm sure Bryn felt like shit um, with his bad back probably having issues sleeping or getting comfortable, um, not being able to drive. He's taking Ubers, which means he's got an Uber. Suddenly five-minute drive to Cheat Lake which is probably just opened after lockdowns so the ability to do things there and to get around or things in Morgantown this becomes a whole issue with getting an Uber out to Cheat Lake to come and get you and I don't know what the coverage is like with Uber but probably not wonderful and you probably have to wait a while and it's also a really crappy feeling in terms of like relying on someone else um you know, it's why a lot of older people who lose their license when they're elderly get quite depressed. I always remember my grandfather getting really low after he lost his license when he was like 80, you know, um, because it's that last part of freedom that is taken away from you. But I looked up weather records for around this time and basically the last time Bryn spoke to anyone uh, in his family was January 3rd, 2022, which is earlier this year And around that time in Cheat Lake or Morgantown, more specifically, it was a top of around eight degrees Celsius, which is in the minuses in Fahrenheit, um, and a low of about three degrees Celsius. And the following days, it plummeted into the minus Celsius levels and started to snow. Um, And this obviously impeded any search for Bryn early on, but it also wouldn't have helped with his mood. And seasonal affective disorder is a thing, especially not in Australia so much because it's winter right now, <laughs> the depths of winter and it's 14 degrees, uh, 22 the other day. Um, but in these parts of the world, when I lived in England, I couldn't believe kind of the adjustment in mood I had to adjust to when winter hit my first full winter. They're living there and not just travelling there. And I'm going to work in the dark and I'm coming home in the dark. I'm never seeing sunlight and how dramatically it, you know, affected me, but I'm sure Bryn being a Brit was probably used to that. Also, it rains and it's pretty cold generally a lot of the year um, up in the north of England, although not this week. By this stage of his life, Bryn had been living in the USA for 10 years, um, and I presume he was a resident by this point. He hadn't returned to the U... UK for about three years. The last time he had gone to the UK was for his brother Gareth's wedding three years before. And his brother David uh, spoke about uh, this trip back and he said, quote, on that visit, he was teased for his new Americanized accent. He now says aluminum, whereas we still say aluminium. Everybody loves him. I'd call him an English gentleman, unquote. And, yeah, it is alu- it's alu—it's aluminium or alfoil. Uh, Bryn's brother, Gareth, added, quote, he got a job in the middle of nowhere. Then when COVID hit, he was completely isolated. He really struggled with his mental health. We tried to get him to come home so many times. He kept saying he was planning to in the new year, I spoke to him just before Christmas and that was the plan. The last people to speak to him on January 3rd were me and my brother and he seemed fine, unquote. So Bryn was planning to move back to the UK, which his family was encouraging him to do. His best friend Matt in the US was telling him to go because he wasn't happy, he was struggling, he wasn't around family or close friends. Matt, I believe, still lived in Vermont or was living there at the time. He was in an isolated area of uh, West Virginia, of quite a kind of rural state, um, and he wasn't happy in his job. And I don't know what at that point was holding him back, but he seemed to have been putting it off uh, for some reason. And I I do have my thoughts about that, that maybe he felt that at thirty six years old, just turned thirty six in the November before he went missing. We're similar age, me and Bryn. Um, similar kind of background, similar, uh, seemingly kind of, uh, depression history, uh, and similar kind of in the sense that I too lived overseas at one point. And, um, it's a, it's a weird feeling that can't really explain, but when you get homesick, you know, suddenly it's, it's really, really bad. Um, but there's also that thought, which I suffered with when I lived over there and had to return home, that, Oh, I'm gonna be such a loser. I'm gonna have to sleep on my parents' couch until I find a place and I'm gonna have to start a new job over there. And it's easier just to kind of stick with what I've got over here. And I don't want everyone to think I'm a failure. If I go back at this age, um, and that was me when I was like 26, so I'm like, you know, almost Bryn's age when he went missing now. And um at this age, you know, you have all of those thoughts, but you also, even if no one's telling you openly, your, ins- your interior voice is like, you're a loser. Like Bryn was probably like, I'm divorced. I'm childless. I'm a fucking loser. Um, I don't have many friends here. I can imagine the internal voice um, because I've heard it a million times before from my own uh, shitty committee in my head. And I'm sure a lot of you listening and a lot of you have reached out that said that voice is a pretty like chronic thing. Um, but if you want help with something like that, um, I recommend any book by Joe Dispenza who talks about training your mind, um, as well as just any kind of mindfulness tactics that are able to detach yourself from your thoughts. Your thoughts are just that. And I'm not a mindfulness coach or anything like that. But remind yourself that you are not your thoughts. And that's the most important thing. Don't envelop yourself too much in that you are one and the same. um, And kind of Read into mindfulness. Russell Brand, uh, his podcast has got me through a lot. It's called Above the Noise. Uh, it's actually a subscription one that I pay for. $5 a month um, weekly meditations. They're my favorite. Nothing works for me in terms of meditation. I can't switch off. Um, Russell Brand is the only person I can switch off to their voice, it's bizarre because you've got like a Cockney guy speaking and saying funny stuff to you, but he just says some really insightful stuff and any time I feel that building up, I go and lay down on my acupressure mat and I listen to it um, and people say, you know, Russell is life-changing and he's worked under all these people, so I just want to break that up by saying that if everything's getting too much, uh, they're just a couple of names that have worked for me um, and, yeah. Yeah. Russell Brand and um, Joe Dispenza, and Joe Dispenza was also recently interviewed by Russell Brand on his podcast, Under the Skin, if you want to listen to that as well. So now that we've kind of talked about that, let's go to the day that Bryn is reported missing or his seeming disappearance is brought to the attention of police in an unexpected way. On January 16th, 2022, eight months ago, police attended Bryn's residence um, after they were called to the residence by the downstairs neighbours um, at the Luxury apartment complex. Bryn's downstairs neighbours called the cops and basically said that water was leaking into their apartment from the upstairs one. Now, why they didn't call maintenance, I'm not entirely sure, uh, but who knows, maybe maintenance was taking a while after COVID when people use that as an excuse not to do things like for years and years afterwards. But either way, they called the police and the police came and they did not have to break the door down because they found the door shut but unlocked the front door. Once they stepped inside Bryn's apartment, everything was as it should be except Bryn's A couple of funny things. His wallet, keys, passport, everything he could possibly need, phone were all left behind and inside. Actually, I can't say phone. I can say wallet, keys and passport, but no mention of a phone anywhere. So I presume his phone was as well. Um, They said everything was inside. On top of that, the thing that stood out to the police immediately was also that Bryn's shower was running, which obviously had started to after potentially almost 2 weeks of it running had started to leak into the downstairs neighbor's apartment now remember that the last time anyone spoke to him was his brothers on January 3rd and this is January 16th so it could have been almost 2 weeks if he went missing on the 3rd that his shower was running but it also could have been, he could have gone missing on the 10th because he didn't speak to his family every day. He's a 36 year old man, you know, weeks could go by where he didn't speak to them. He's a man living overseas. He's got a life. He doesn't have to, but this is what when the family was notified you know because the police immediately thought something was strange especially with the shower running for that amount of time um now extensive searches and investigations began into locating Bryn it was snowing by this point and they were obviously concerned about the elements on top of maybe Bryn's mental state which had been fed back to them from family and friends sniffer dogs were sent out to look for Bryn but they found nothing. Um, there was also over 70 volunteer local searchers looking. So kudos to them for getting out there in the snow, which was impeding them. And a large local lake was dragged and that's how it's described. Now, I'd like to know if this was Cheat Lake because Cheat Lake is huge. Uh, it is I said it earlier, it's like over a thousand acres and 13 miles long. So was it Cheat Lake that was dragged? I couldn't find that answer in any of the publications, but I would think it would be um, very hard to drag that entire lake if Bryn was in Cheat Lake. Missing persons posters were also put up all over, including in Cheat Lake and Morgantown. The mirror also—they've done a fair bit of reporting into this, thankfully—and um, they said that there's numerous CCTV cameras in the area, but police and the leasing office of the apartment you know, gated community that Bryn lived in would not speak to the mirror about whether or not Bryn had been seen on any of the local CCTV cameras around the block or in the area. And that's just down to an investigation and privacy thing, I think. And I think at some point in time when they've completely run dry, they need to release if he was last seen on a CCTV going in a direction, a specific one where he was going. If he was seen walking into the woods near his house, um, that would help. So just last month, his brother, Gareth, told the Lancashire Telegraph, quote, you start to think of all the weird things at the time, which start to add up. When the police went round to his apartment, the door was closed, but unlocked, and the shower was still on. On the night of his disappearance, he had ordered a couple of bottles of gin from a mail order firm to be delivered in the next day or two, unquote. Now, Gareth says in that the the night he went missing but he's saying that's the night that he last spoke to him we don't know if that's where he went missing but I think they've narrowed it down to the 3rd or the 4th of January he went missing because he'd ordered these bottles of gin and clearly they'd been delivered and he hadn't accepted the delivery of them so that's how you can kind of narrow it down but I found that interesting that he'd ordered these online to be delivered in the next day or two within hours of his supposed disappearance after speaking to his family. So that's one of the things, planning ahead things that um, kind of couldn't throw a bit of a spanner in the works. Early on, some family and friends believed that Bryn was abducted. Some of them have, you know, their, their reasons for it, which we don't know all of it. Um, while others firmly believe that Bryn took his own life and that things were getting too much. Basically, um, Bryn's mum, Maria, and his brother, David, travelled to the US with together uh, around January 26th, I believe, uh, to help with the search for Bryn. And that was around the time that Rachel brought it to my attention. And I just couldn't cover it at the time because I wanted to see what happened with the search. It was quite early on. Um, David told the Dominion Post, quote, he hasn't been in a good place. I think COVID, the crash, the season, Christmas, and I think something along with the medication because of his injury, unquote. So basically, West Virginia state legislators held a press conference at the West Virginia Capitol for the family to get information out there after they arrived from the UK uh, to West Virginia. Now his brother Gareth told the Lancashire Live newspaper, quote, it's almost like he was abducted from his shower. It's certainly a fear of mine. Obviously he was having mental health issues and in severe pain with his back from a car accident in December. I think the police thought he'd done something to himself and that certainly is a possibility that we also fear. But five months later, surely a body would have turned up. It's a bit strange if you wanted to disappear to leave your apartment unlocked with all your ID and some of your most prized possessions. It's one of the reasons I can't leave this if he's had a rubbish time and had enough so he's taken himself away that's fair enough, unquote. Now, as I said, a lot of family and friends have spoke or friends have spoken to numerous publications who believe that something, foul play is suspected on their end, have asked for their names to be withheld uh, by the Daily Mirror and publications like that because they're scared of retribution from people that they're naming. Um, But I'll read you the quote from the Daily Mirror from one of these friends. Quote, there's no way I could ever see him do anything to harm himself. As soon as the news emerged that Bryn had vanished, I immediately thought of those capable of causing him harm. Many of them know them. Many of us know them. In the industry we work in, it's run like the mob. Not just pipes, but concrete boots are a trade tool if someone stands in the way of the wrong guys. Bryn didn't allow someone to cut corners, which may have upset some. I have a strong opinion over who that may be, unquote. So this is where it gets complicated because Bryn worked in this oil and pipe inspector role where he would have basically been signing off on things, and according to most people, he didn't let anyone get one over on him and he towed the line and would did things by the book. And I have heard this before about, you know, particular these industries and where there's a lot of money involved and contracts and things that you know, you don't want to cross the wrong people who have been in it for ages who think that they own it. So this is where it splits off into two, whether Bryn, the way he was feeling and everything he'd been dealing with all got too much, or whether someone did something. This guy who gave that quote, he did tell the Mirror a number of names, but they've been withheld by the Mirror, obviously. Now, Bryn's best friend, Matt, is on the other side of this. He is from Vermont in the US. He's known Bryn for years since they were, um, Bryn moved out to the US, and he spoke to the Mirror six days ago today, so in August 2022, and these are his opinions. Quote, I think it could go either way, but I absolutely hate to say this. I think in terms of what is most realistic and probable is that Bryn did something to himself. I understand there's some crazy shit and it totally seems like it could be nefarious but he was in a really bad place and had nobody to lean on here. I could see Bryn doing something to himself because of where he ended up in terms of mentally compared to how he was before. Unquote. Now Matt marks the divorce from Amy as kind of a turning point in Bryn's mood changes I guess and he said quote splitting up was really tough for him it was not good. We have we all have our better half, as they say, like a good wife or a partner. Someone, I think, who helps to balance you and kind of like keeps you in check. So I think he lost that person to care for or just that feeling of belonging. Once Bryn lost that, he lost value in himself and his purpose. Bryn is extremely confident, and, but he doesn't care that much about himself. What brings him happiness is providing and taking care of other people. He lost that. We partied a good bit, but he was definitely drinking way, way more. I mean, more than I've seen even in movies. I can't even comprehend the amount. I like to have fun, but it was uncomfortable. I think his mental health was really, really poor. Just imagine being completely alone and isolated and on top of that having to deal with COVID. After Bryn split, I was like, dude, like why are you still here? He was all alone. He had me and some friends from work. But that's like work stuff. And so after he and Amy split up, I was just like, go back to the UK. I think his loneliness really wore him down. It's sad, but it was kind of a slow progression. He had no enemies that I was aware of. When Bryn had a drink, he was a sloppy drunk, but he never got aggressive, unquote. And I've kind of compounded those, a few of those quotes together, so don't think that Matt just talked for like 500 words constantly. A couple of them are two quotes split into, put, into two, put into one. Asked if Bryn were alive where he would be if he was in fact still alive. Matt said, quote, "'Whereas I'm a country boy, Bryn's a city person. "'He likes the finer things in life. "'He probably is not sleeping on the ground because of his back.'" From his days playing rugby, it's absolutely awful. So I don't think he would just hit the woods. So even if he's down and out, I don't see him just sleeping on the street, unquote. So basically we are down to no evidence Three potential probably theories of what happened uh, that Bryn took his own life, that he's still out there somewhere, or that someone did something to him. There were a few reported sightings, but they've never been confirmed. And I get the feeling that they could have been anyone. And these were back in March of this year. Um, A third friend spoke to the mirror um, about Bryn, and he then goes the other way to Matt. He said uh, about Bryn, quote, he was strong both physically and mentally. Of course, people suffer in silence and Bryn may have, but I can't believe he would do something to himself. I hope the police are looking further into his private life. There must be something in that, unquote. Now, it's all well and good to say that. But Matt sounds like he really knew Breen and was probably the closest person to him in the States at the time and saw him regularly and knew his moods and things. And I've spoken about it at length in my past and things like that. But like similar thing, people said when I had a breakdown that I was the least likely person to, oh, I can't believe it. You're so like professional at work and things like that. People do suffer in silence and when you add on top of that, that it's a male and they tend to do that. Um, I think Matt had a good idea of what was going on and that's why he was encouraging Bryn to go back to the UK. And I honestly think Bryn was kind of spiralling and maybe trying to work out what he was going to do because he didn't want to take his baggage, his metaphorical baggage back to the UK with him. Bryn's family have now hired their own private investigator in the US, and this is totally funded by GoFundMe. Now, I've listed the GoFundMe in the show notes for this. You can see them on your podcast player of choice underneath the blurb that I read out at the start. I'll also put it on the website on Bryn's episode page at unknownpassagepodcast.com and I'll put it on the Patreon. They're looking to raise around £20,000 and currently they've raised about £8,000. And at some stage when I'm financially better off because everyone's, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't giving to charities they once did and things like that at the moment. And a lot of charities are going without just because of the rising cost of things and people having to adjust to that. I hope to at some stage give to uh, Brin's GoFundMe. So we either have abduction and dragged from his shower while he's showering. I'd be interested to know if there's a towel around. Uh, I mean, it would have dried if he wasn't discovered for two weeks almost that he was gone. Clearly, in order to do the damage to the apartment below them, the shower had to be running for a fair while um, and kind of over time, I don't know what caused it, like did a pipe burst cause it was just under pressure for way too long. I'm not sure. Um, but it seems to have been going for ages and that's, that's a lot of water loss as well for 13 days. Um, so seemingly someone took him naked out of his apartment block and no one heard anything now looking at pictures of these apartments there's just no way if there was an altercation there's no evidence of that in the flat there's no blood nothing like that you'd hear it like they're right next to each other the town homes are like they share a wall it's like a duplex um or self-harm now I'm presuming the clothes must have been missing but there's no one to really say what was missing and what wasn't clothes-wise because he's a 36-year-old single man, like who's going to be able to do that? Um, But the only real thing I see Bryn doing that was planning ahead in any way was the delivery of those gin bottles that he'd ordered online that were due to be delivered a day or two later. He'd done that seemingly the night of the 3rd. He could have gone missing, you know, up until the 5th because, the gins delivered within two days and we don't know when it was delivered but he didn't collect it so we're going between the third and the fifth but because Bryn was quite reclusive at this stage and didn't deal with people a lot they actually said that they wouldn't see him for days at a time um his neighbors and things like that uh we don't know but we don't know why Bryn didn't go back to the UK I talked about that earlier he didn't have kids or anything tying him but he did have a job that paid pretty well and that's that's pretty good considering like in the UK, you'd have to start all over again financially. Um, But then how Matt describes Bryn, he seems to like the city more and he would have liked Manchester more. So how did he end up in this Cheat Lake area? Now, I believe he ended up in Cheat Lake because when he split from Amy, he was offered um, a job down in this region. And that's how he ended up there. You You go from Pittsburgh, like a big uh, city to this area. And that's probably compounding his mood on top of you know, the divorce, the loss of the dog, the car accident, um, how bad his back was, the CTE, the seizures, just one thing after another, lockdowns, um just endless things. We don't even know if that's the extent of what Bryn was dealing with. Um no one stole anything from his place and everything was there, so it wasn't personal. Plus looking at this looking at this gated community, it's very secure. Um someone would have seen something and I believe if someone had come to his door who wasn't supposed to be there, it would have been caught on the CCTV there and been reported. So because that hasn't happened and no one's been arrested at this point, shown him being let out of his apartment um, by someone at gunpoint or something, I have to presume that didn't happen. Um, But I don't know. He clearly left on foot if he did leave by himself or he got an Uber somewhere because his car was left behind, the Jeep. It was, you know, um, where it should normally be and it hadn't been driven since he had the accident. The basic timeline we have about what happened is between January 3rd, 2022 and around January 16th when the police attended, you know, his apartment and Bryn could have gone anywhere by that point up into the Appalachians, into the wilds, uh, down to Cheat Lake. Uh, This is one of the, you know, they call it the back country, this area. Parts of it look, you know, like deliverance country. Uh, You could walk up into the woods and succumb to the elements and never be seen again, especially considering it's winter and it's snowing. Um, On top of that, CTE can cause a lot of emotional disturbances on top of physical changes. Um, And it can be a very kind of precarious mental condition for a man who's generally men get it because they're in the contact sports, for a man who's already dealing with emotional stuff to deal with the loss of your being able to drive your dignity, your independence. Um, men, you know, generally suffer in silence, which is why I'm going to give you a few statistics on male mental health to wrap up this episode shortly. Gareth has said about his brother and the search for him, quote, they turned over every stone, as you can imagine, but it's just gone cold. It's been dreadful. It's been the worst five months of my life. My mum is broken. She's having counselling. It's taken such a toll on her. Um. My brother has just got married and it's a lot for him to take on. I've just had a baby who is now nine weeks old. So we've had to put look it, meaning looking for him, on the back burner for a little bit. But now I'm trying to get life back together and chase this again. I want to find him. I want to bring him home. If that's not possible, I need closure. I just don't understand what's happened, unquote. Now, I'm reaching out, you know, if the um, family of Bryn Hargroves happen to hear this and would like to come on the podcast um, or to raise awareness or for me to help in any way that I can. Um, I would I would love that. I can also put you in touch with um, a couple of other contacts that I have um, that have better contacts than I do. The GoFundMe, as I talked about, they discuss on the GoFundMe page about how uh, any leftover money not used for searching for Brian, which is currently paying for the private investigator who is now on the case as I speak. Uh, any remaining balance, they say, will be donated to Rugby League Cares, uh, which continue. Basically, they, they're a charity that works with the aftercare of rugby players um, because and the things that they deal with as a result of injuries from the sport and, uh, mental things on top of that. And it's, it's really important to the rugby league community. Um, this group rugby league cares. So, as I said, as of recent weeks, the case is now it's open, uh, with what's called the Monongalia. I'm sure you say that differently. It's the county, uh, that Cheat Lake falls into along with Morgantown, Monangalia, maybe, uh, County Sheriff's Office. But obviously you're allowed to hire your own private investigator. So they've hired one as well because the cops have basically said, look, we have nothing and we've done everything we can. And I do think the cops have done everything they can. They're not magicians. Um, but if you have information regarding the disappearance of Bryn Hargreaves in uh, from Cheat Lake in West Virginia in January of this year the official number to call is the Monangalia County Sheriff's Office quote case number just say Bryn Hargreaves or quote case number so uh, two, two. sorry SO2200132 uh, they are located in Morgantown in West Virginia and their phone number is 304 291 7260 they've also got a website that you can visit called mon sheriff so m o n sheriff.com you can also go, go to the family's website find Brin jack they've got a thing there just click it to submit any tips which will go to the family instead and the FBI office currently tasked with this is in Clarksburg, West Virginia. At the time of recording this, the family's GoFundMe has raised just over £8,000, which is kind of around probably maybe 12000 uh, US dollars, because, you know, travel for the family over there is not cheap. I mean, it's all just speculation on my part, like it is with anyone. Um, I mean, based on my own personal experiences um, and what I've read about at, about Bruno, I do think that he'd had enough um, and I don't know where he went. Uh, but it seems that men seem to walk out into the wilderness uh, more than women do uh, generally and kind of they don't want that. It's not like they don't want their families to have closure but it's the shame association with suicide for men which two... Too, um, emotions that they psychologists say men deal with a lot more than women are guilt and shame and um the shame of having poor mental health or the shame of failing in a marriage or the shame of being at a certain age and not being in a certain spot they often deal with those things more covertly than overtly men um and whatever happened to Bryn you know I hope uh if he did take his own life, I hope he found peace. If he is out there, I hope he's okay. It is hard to stay out there with no money, no nothing, you know, and I, I've got to keep hitting that home. Uh, Jeff Dunsavage, whose brother Joe went missing in Honduras, we talked about how the reality of the fact that generally, you know, you can't go a day off the grid without money. You still need some money to get by. You still need supplies. But if it's something that will keep you living in hope, then that's good, you know. Um, if someone did something to Bryn and you have information on that, please contact the sources I just named because obviously this is open and they'll take any lead at the moment and run with it. Um, I was kind of thinking about how Bryn lost his dog, you know, and how we lost our family dog this week and and how much the dog meant to him and that really started, like, was one of the things that really contributed to... Um, his emotions and how important kind of animals are and how important they are um, just to people's overall mood and why animal therapy is, you know, a thing and why I love animals and take such an interest in animal welfare. And at during lockdowns, you know, rescues across the world had record numbers of adoptions of strays because people had the time to care for their animals. And now, as I speak you know, rescues are full to the brim across the world. As of yesterday, Australian rescues are at capacity. Ones in the US that I follow are absolutely at capacity. People are giving up their animals. You know, a lot of the reasons are not good enough as far as I'm concerned. Um, Some of them are because, you know, the rentals don't allow pets. So landlords need to kind of look at that. And I've always felt that way, um, allowing that. Um, some of them are because the rising cost of living, they can't afford to look after the animal anymore. Um, I personally could never give up mine. Like I'd rather be dead myself if it comes down to me or them eating, they they would eat. Um and I would go without. Um, but it's not the same for everyone who has families and things like that. Um, but kind of looking at Bryn, I follow quite a lot of dog rescues and things like that. And dogs really react to uh, males, you know, is why they just, there's something about men that dogs really react to in terms of training and things. And Bryn would have made like a really good dog trainer, I reckon. Um, he just kind of has the look of a lot of uh, different rescues I follow and pit bull rescues and things that I follow. And um, it seems that he like loved animals. And I, I only rescue an animal if you've got the capacity to do it, the time, the money, vets. An animal may be free from a rescue to free up a space, but believe me, like Food and stuff adds up. My my cats were free, technically, quote unquote rescues, um, and cost me a small fortune. Um, and as much as I, you know, love them and I'd do anything for them and I buy them stuff all the time, you know, it's still expensive. Um, but I wish that Bryn, you know, when I had a breakdown. The reason that I ended up with my animals was because uh, my my psychologist I went to, uh, this was years ago because Cinnamon's turning eight this year, uh, they told me get an animal because it will give you purpose. I, I felt like I, I didn't want to get up in the morning and I didn't want to come home at night. I felt completely unanked and float adrift and unmoored and I really related to a lot of how Bryn was feeling um, talking about him. And so I ended up with my cat Cinnamon who was only little at the time Um, and she saved my life in a million ways. She's the most empathetic, you know, she comes up and gives you kisses, you know, she's like, they're both like little dogs. Well, Yoko is like a little dog. She doesn't think she's a cat. Um, And then I got Yoko as company for Cinnamon and Yoko was, you know, dumped um, and she was the rejected runt of the litter so she... She, her mum would kick her off when she'd try to feed off her mum. And they were all covered in fleas and they'd been found dumped outside uh, someone's house. And it's this big, long story. And I took Yoko in and she was tiny. She was like an alien. Her head was massive. Her body was tiny. Had to bottle feed her. Um, and I thought she'd develop rickets because of she'd never had her mother's milk and she'd kind of been neglected for so long. Um, and as I record this The fat dumpling is lying on the floor in front of the heater, belly full of jelly, toasting away after almost seven years of demanding my attention, screaming at me constantly, um, talking to me constantly and I just love him to bits and I wish that Brian, even though maybe his job didn't allow for it, I wish, you know, if he could have, he could have had that animal to give him that anchoring because his mate Matt talks about how he had no, he felt like he was adrift, that he had no purpose, you know, he needed someone to look after. And that's why I think if you, in lieu of finding a person, and it's not always good to put your baggage onto another person, if you're not ready for it, or you're recently out of a breakup or something, but to take in like a stray or an animal that needs you, they will give you the love they give you back is priceless, you know. And I followed two rescues kind of in the south of America that are very close to my heart that are currently at capacity and I would like to shout them out now because I've got a few people onto them and um, Rachel actually who listens, who this is her episode, uh, she's obsessed with Tunica Humane Society uh, in Mississippi, um, an amazing organisation run by a woman called Sandy who is an incredible woman. Uh, dogs, people just leave them out in the street in this part of Mississippi, Um, dogs that have been set on fire, dogs that have been shot, dogs that have been maimed, dogs that have intentionally had their legs broken by people. She does everything for them and you get to learn their stories and I wish I could save them all. The other one is Dog Day's Rescue Um, and they are located in Decatur, Georgia. They're just two that are very close to my heart Um, and yeah, if you're looking for if you can open your home and have the capacity and the money and the time to give to an animal, even if it's just a cat who are less kind of demanding of your time, unless it's Yoko, um, they'll love you forever, you know. And they their own little souls, you know. And I was thinking about that with our dog dying this week, and you know, um, Bryn loving his dog and and things like that. So I just wanted to say that. So here's a few statistics about male mental health um, that i found from all over, mostly uh, UK organisations, US and Australian. So according to the American Psychiatric Association, 9% of men in the United States have daily feelings of depression or anxiety. The highest suicide rate of any demographic group in the United States is white men aged 85 and over, which accounts for four times larger than the population as a whole. That's how they put it. So check in on your elders. According to the Priory Group UK, while 77% of men have suffered some some symptoms of anxiety, stress and depression, Only 40% will openly discuss their mental health struggles with anyone. Only half of men who experience mental health issues seek treatment. According to MindWise in the USA, in 2020, men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. Men are almost two times more likely to binge drink than women and are three times as likely to die as a result of alcohol abuse. 49% of men feel more depressed than they admit to the people in their lives. In Australia, findings also revealed a significant association between loneliness and experiences of depression and suicidality. Lacking close friends or relatives and men who cited these in their lives or lack of friends or relatives were around twice as likely to have thought about suicide in the last 12 months. Seven Australian men a day will die by suicide while it's around 5,000 a year in the UK. Um, the risk factors for one of the leading risk factors for uh, suicide or mental health problems in men is physical illness or injury or discomfort. Men aged 40 to 49 have the highest suicide rate in the UK. Men report lower levels of life satisfaction in the UK than women, according to the government's national wellbeing survey. In 2017, nearly 6,000 suicides were reported in Great Britain of the 75% were men and that is across the board in most countries three quarters of suicides are men men are more likely to either sleep rough or go missing intentionally as a result of mental illness um Some symptoms are more common in men than women when suffering with mental health issues. Uh, The ones that are most common in men include irritability, sudden anger, increased loss of control, risk-taking and aggression. 34% of men uh, in the US would be ashamed or embarrassed to take time off work for mental health concerns like anxiety or depression compared to 13% in regards to physical injury. Uh, The risk of suicide for men varies in occupation. In the UK, uh, men working in what's referred to as elementary positions have the highest risk of suicide, 44% higher than the national average. Males working in skilled trade occupations um, have the second highest risk group um, and the lowest risk group is white collar managers, directors, CEOs, things like that. In the UK, 46% of men who cited mental health concerns say that they are embarrassed or ashamed of their mental health concerns. Men make up 95% of the prison population in the UK and of male prisoners, 72% have at least two mental health disorders. And I just wanted to wrap up with that. Um, there is a male mental health day in November. Uh, but now's as good as time as so any to get the word out there about Bryn. I will put up his episode page on unknownpassagepodcast.com so you can check out pictures of him or share it. Um, join the Patreon. Thank you, Rachel, so much for requesting Bryn's story. I think it's really important. Um, it links off the website or search it on the Patreon app. I've got different tiers and lots of cool stuff going on in Patreon. Tiers from $1 to, you know, $5, you get a shout out and $5, US dollars equivalent over from a few months ago um, onwards gets you a location request uh, or a case request, much like Rachel just did with Brins, uh, which is awesome uh, leave a rating or a review, uh, if you like the show. And if you don't want to give to the Patreon or join it, um, some people just aren't into that kind of stuff, but you want to give to the podcast, uh, the PayPal is unknownpassagepodcast at gmail.com I'm not currently taking ex- extra case requests, as I've said before, from listeners. I'm merely working my way through my Patreon location request list, which is quite extensive, um, on top of, peppering in my own cases throughout that I've chosen uh, just because I've just got so many I want to get through and I want to prioritize and I've pretty much got the next year sorted out. Uh, thank you for listening to my croaky, flamy voice. Uh, I've edited, I've taken so many breaks throughout this. Hopefully it's not too obvious to you. I will be back next week uh, with a new episode in a new location. We've gone Mexico, we've gone Belize, we've gone the States and now we're going to go somewhere totally different for the next one and jet off the America's continent for a little while. Um, I will be back then as always. I say recently, it may be a week, when I'm back, I've pushed through at the moment. It just depends on work and stuff like that, which I talked about in an update episode recently. Uh, If it's two weeks between episodes, don't fret. Um, Sometimes it takes me a bit to reply to emails or Patreon messages at the moment. Um, But yeah, I hope you have a great week. Um, Share Bryn's story and I'll talk to you really soon.